Hi everyone, I'm Nerd Bummer. And I'm Tactic, and we're two of the hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. Our podcast started as a way for three best friends to keep in touch and discuss their nerdy hobbies like movies, gaming, tech, and more. Since then, we've grown into a great community. Every Wednesday, we chat about the latest nerdy news before getting hands-on with our weekly nerdy adventures. And don't forget our high-stakes trivia game. Come join the fun at OnlineWarriorsPodcast.com and every major podcast platform. And now, back to Collateral Cinema. I'm Bo Maddox. And I'm Ashley Chancellor. And this is Collateral Cinema. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so uh, whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. Welcome to yet another At The Movies edition of Collateral Cinema, and for once, we're uh, recording together again under one roof. Uh, yeah, Ash came through from Houston, and uh, he is uh, here in studio, live, and everything. Yeah, for the first time since I moved out there. So, you know, I plan to come out at least once a month, so probably try to schedule some of our recordings around that time. Um, I don't know, maybe next season maybe we, we can try to make those, like, double recording nights and just get, like, a couple of our, of our uh, episodes knocked out, you know, together. That might be the best way to really go about it, to tell the truth, you know, like, especially if we're going to take the time to, you know, set up the the, uh, the Zoom and everything. I mean, yeah, we may as well just do it that way. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll kind of try to plan around that, you know, primarily. But anyway, like I said, another uh, at the movies episode, another at the movies episode on a Marvel movie. Yeah, we, we do a lot of those. Not ever, every one of them, but. Um, Guardians 3 was one of the ones that, like, from the get-go, was go- we were going to do. Like, this is the Guardians franchise, I think, you know, out, out of the MCU is, is one of, like, the best, uh, like, sub-series, you know? Like, like the Guardians films are, are all just really spectacular, and James Gunn is, of course, masterful at his craft with these movies. Yeah, James Gunn just approaches these characters with so much love and so much reverence that, I mean, it really just kind of spills out on in all three of these movies, you know? Yeah. E- even though I'm going to say, I mean, this movie, it's entertaining, but there's it's not nearly as, like, colorful. I mean, we'll get into that here in a little bit. It's not nearly as colorful as the other two, but, I mean, it still re- has some of the charm left and whatnot, and it takes a much more somber... Uh, a somber tone in yeah. certain places, which more than some of the charm, but yes, in a much more serious direction. I think that was that was known from the get go. You know, when we started hearing uh, James Gunn kind of start to come out about what he was focusing on this movie and with the initial trailers and everything, like I, I think we knew 
Um, which is interesting because, you know, the last MCU uh, film and the last Phase 5 film that, that came out, which was uh, Ant-Man on the Lost Quantumania, was also the uh, more somber, more serious, uh, you know, uh, conclusion to a trilogy of comedy films. Yeah, but I'm just going to say Ant-Man and Quantumania just didn't do it for me in so many ways, you know. I liked it, but, but I, I will say that this movie has, I think, that level of quality that Marvel fans have been waiting for. And I say that as someone who's actually thoroughly enjoyed almost everything that's come out of Phase 4 and Phase 5 even. But, like, like this movie, I think, like, has that level of quality to it, at least in my opinion, that kind of makes it universally well-liked, at least by the fans, by the audience members. Well, the thing about this is that you know, James Gunn really kind of made these into the most uh, cinematically cogent uh, films uh, through all three movies out of the entire MCU. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, it, the, the, the characters have like real arcs and feel like real people here, which, you know, you can't really say that about certain other MCU films in my eyes, you know? Like, I mean, especially with, like, how Quantumania felt really forced to me. But here you don't, you don't have that kind of forced uh, heart there, you know? And this yeah. movie has a lot of heart to it. And, oh, by the way, it's also the most vegan movie ever. It's, it's totally vegan. Yeah, it, it kind of makes me wonder uh, James Gunn's, like, affiliation. Like, I don't know, I don't know if, if he's vegan or, or if he's... Uh, if he's involved well, in any like well, animal activism. Well, FYI, uh, he started uh, back on uh, trauma. And uh, if anyone knows anything about you know trauma releases, especially like you know Sergeant Kabuki Man or uh, or you know uh, Trauma or Juliet or uh, Toxic Avenger, anything that uh, uh, Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hertz did, they they've always actually advocated for like PETA and whatnot. There's always, there's even been PETA ads uh, deep in, uh, side certain, uh, trauma DVDs, you know, specifically releases, uh, that are made where movies are specifically made by, uh, Kaufman and Hertz, you know? Interesting. I mean, so, I, so, I mean, I kind of feel like maybe, I don't know, maybe James Gunn has a little affiliation there. I'm not sure, but, Oh man, the, the the scenes uh where we look at Rocket's past here are really some of the most heartrending moments I've seen in the MCU probably since uh since Infinity War and the Snap and whatnot, you know? Yeah. Or or, or the all, the entirety of uh, Wakanda Forever. I uh, mean, we, this is really just showing full bore, you know, what animals are experiencing in uh mainly being tested upon in, mm. in, for science. And, you know, it's, it's, I know it's a very touchy ethical issue. We're not really going to get into it that deep. But, I mean, the way that Gunn really presents it here is very heartfelt, very empathetic. And, you know, I mean, you really see just the cycle of abuse that uh, the uh, high evolutionary is just completely uh, just wailing down upon these animals with, you know. and. And, and, and yeah, you really kind of see what people who are probably more of the animal liberation uh, variety, you know, that, that that's how, how we how we or how they feel about this sort of thing, you know. 
and, and maybe in, in the many ways also with, agricult with agricultural uh, farms, with animal agriculture and whatnot, you know, kind of the same way. But yeah, like I said, the way that James Gunn approaches it is very empathetic, very, you know, poignant. And I mean, it's, it takes it, it seriously. Oh, I mean, I'm going to be serious. Like when I watched this in the theater uh, and I, I watched this originally alone, I, I went to go see this uh, maybe a couple nights after it came out. I was kind of still moving to Houston and getting settled in, but found a local theater that was basically empty on a Monday or Tuesday night. And I uh, checked nice. this out. And I will tell you, I was, I was teary eyed the entire movie. Um, the, like right from the beginning, starting off with uh, Creep by Radiohead for some reason, just kind of connecting with these uh, characters, specifically at their uh, their uh, points in their character journeys, respectively. Um, and I will say that, like, yeah, like the heart of that are the flashback scenes with Rocket, which was something that we saw coming. I mean, it's something that was alluded to in the previous Guardians films, but it was something that Rocket specifically never talked about. Um, and, and it was something that, you know, we still had yet to see the extent of and kind of really turning this into Rocket's movie, despite the fact that he doesn't have as much of a part to play in this one throughout most of the film. Yeah, he's incapacitated for During most the of the current film. Like, events. During the current say. events, like he's incapacitated. But yeah. we keep getting these flashbacks to his life throughout the film and kind of seeing, you know, just the horror that went on. And, you know, we can even kind of see where some of it's going. We're introduced to certain characters. And, you know, I, I think a lot of us kind of already know where the movie is going to end up with, especially knowing the character as he is, knowing the character as he was explored in the last film in volume two, where Rocket was, um, where we, we kind of got to see some of his, uh, well, I mean, one of the major like subplots of the movie was his abrasiveness towards his newfound family and him just not really being able to connect with other people. And this movie explains why. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, when you go through what he went through here, I mean, which, like I said, if you've seen the trailer or anything, you know. Like, like we watched uh, Doug Walker's review. He said, like, yeah, you see the, the trailer. You see these scenes. You know where it's going to go. Yeah. You know what's going to happen. But, I mean, it, it was really a great way to kind of dive into uh, Rocket's psyche, you know, because yeah. he was always uh, the most, he was the most aloof character out of the entire uh, group, you yeah. know, and... You know, for him to finally have his own kind of requiem and whatnot, more or less, in this final movie, is it, it, it's something to behold. Yeah, and what's great is like characters like him and and uh, Nebula, played by uh, uh, Karen Gillan, who we'll, we'll probably get into here in a bit, but uh, you know, are, are characters who you can tell have these planned character arcs that James Gunn was was laying the foundation for very early on. All of this feels like it was one hundred percent. The, the journey that he anticipated for these characters. And, and this is 100% a satisfying conclusion to those character journeys. Uh, and that applies to all of the characters, actually. Drax, Mantis, Peter. You know, it's like you can definitely tell that there's a lot of heart put into this. Uh, I know one thing that James Gunn has said in the past um, is that Rocket is kind of, in, in many ways, um, representative of his own struggles in his life and, 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 and like, you know, kind of the way he, he treats some relationships and he identifies with a lot of those uh, character aspects of Rocket, uh, which of course were, were shared by Yondu as well. And that was a, a point of the last movie. Absolutely. I mean, 
these are all movies that are about, you know, just the evolution of a bunch of disparate individuals who came together and made a family. And are not you know? traditional superheroes. And they're not traditional superheroes either. But Most of I them mean, don't even have powers, you know? Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just they, they become the most capable people or uh, individuals in the galaxy. And this is them finally just kind of breaking down a little bit. You know, they're, they're like Rocket's Pass is coming back to him. Uh, uh, Quill is just completely beside himself about Gamora. Yeah. Like Gamora is off being a Ravager. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So we have the 2014 variant of Gamora. And it's, I know that for a lot of casual audiences, it may be hard to kind of remember uh, like the, the specific um, stories that are going on with some of these characters, because now you have not just the Guardians trilogy, but you also have the events of Infinity War and Endgame, which are actually really important here in these uh, character moments. And so, yeah, we have this 2014 variant of Gamora that uh, is basically Gamora as she was at the very beginning of the first of the first Guardians film, and um, just hadn't gone through that metamorphosis and bonding with this family. And so we're seeing interactions between her. And, um, you know, kind of the rest of the team who sort of accepted her as dead at this point. Um, and Peter, who is, you know, just kind of desperately clinging on to that one thing that he had. Absolutely. And not doing very well at it. You know, I mean, no, it, it, particularly. It's, it's kind of a kind of a gag throughout the movie is that, you know, is like he, he is kind of immature about it. And then there's just this this. Uh, dynamic going on between them that's just kind of like, no, man. But I, I think what's interesting, though, is that, you know, I, I, it's, it, it's a great way to take these characters. And, and I think that, you know, like his relationship with her, his relationship with Rocket, again, you know, who's kind of a central focus of this film and, you know, them having been at odds the way that families are, but really kind of having accepted uh, the bond that they share, you know, and, and the links that they'll go. And, and I think that uh, there's a lot of that. And this movie is very bittersweet because for better or for worse, this is the end of this iteration of Guardians. Um, specifically, like, we are not going to see this team again. Uh, Batista and uh, uh, Zoe Saldana have both said that they're, they're permanently retired as these characters, you know. So it's like, and James Gunn is not going to be involved with the Guardians anymore. Yeah, so it's probably best that we go ahead and just uh, leave it on a note that, you know, I mean, they, they do what they do best. You know, the Guardians do what they do best. And then they finally just say, hey, you know, maybe maybe we don't need to do this anymore. But especially with, with Batista. Batista said that he was just tired, just tired of doing this shit, you know. And, he was tired of having to put on the makeup, and I think yeah. he wanted a more dramatic role. But I think one thing he, one thing he also said is that this movie kind of um, introduces the, the perfect end to his character that he wouldn't want to ruin by coming back. Yeah, he gets, yeah, he has a great, great, great ending, by the way. We won't spoil it here, but it's, it, it is exactly the ending that he deserves, you know? Yeah. Like, absolutely. I, I feel pretty satisfied with all of the character endings here, you know? It's like, and, and, and a lot of it, again, is very bittersweet, and it's very, um, there, this, this film is a real tearjerker throughout. Yeah, certainly. And also, the sense of this is the final movie, so you don't know who's going to survive this. You're really worried throughout the film. You're like, at any point, you know, this could be, this is the end of this iteration of characters, so nobody is safe. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And so there's just kind of this tension throughout. And, and I love how the movie still manages to maintain uh, the charm of the last films, despite taking on a more serious tone. Um, those comedic elements that uh, the Guardians movies uh, have relied on, that, that James Gunn's scripts um, basically thrive on, uh, is still present in this film. It's just over a, a different tone. And I think it's, it's kind of interesting because, you know, again, comparing it to like Ant-Man and the Wasp is that it's, it's a very... Uh, it, 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 approaches that much differently despite the fact that it's there's a lot of parallels there i also saw some parallels with thor love and thunder this being you know a more standalone film in phase four and phase five um and 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 obviously you know thor love and thunder while i liked it personally wasn't uh wasn't well liked by everyone but this one is so obviously it's like you know whether or not we're, we're dealing with standalone stories or you know, more massively connecting stories is not so much. It, it's really, it's the script. And James Gunn has never faltered with that. In fact, I, I think one thing that's interesting about James Gunn and the way that he approaches his Marvel movies is that they're entirely his thing. I mean, he talks about how, like, it's well known that within the MCU, there are there's a lot of, like, improvisation going on of characters kind of basically jumping in and, and changing things. And I've heard that with the Guardians movies, that's just not the case. James Gunn is complete control over everything, and that's just the way that that ecosystem works best. And it makes for a more concise uh, filmmaking experience, you yeah. know? A film-going experience, I should say. And, and it makes you really just kind of really care about all the characters, even the characters like uh, Kraglin and uh, Cosmo and whatnot. I mean, you care about them, even, even though they don't have like particularly large arcs in this movie. It's like they're still present and they still get their moments. And Cosmo, bad dog? Oh, it's Cosmo, bad dog. No, <laughs> you take it back. You take back. I mean, we also have new characters like uh, Will Poulter as uh, Adam Warlock, who you know, does kind of feel like somebody that could be taken out of the film and it wouldn't make too much of a difference, except for the fact that he's really fucking good he's every amazing. time he's on screen. He's amazing, man. I mean, he's Will fucking Poulter. I mean, you know, he's, he's one of those actors kind of like Paul Dano, sort of. Like, yeah. you know, no matter what you cast him in, he's going to be great in it. Wait, you guys are getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's in that classic meme. Uh, but yeah, his character is... Uh, just essentially an overpowered uh, synthetic man child the most, thing. Like <laughs> traditional superhero, I guess, in the movie, despite not being a hero, more of an anti-hero. Yeah, exactly. Even as a cape and everything. I mean, he he looks the part. Yeah. He looks like he would he almost looks kind of close to someone like Vision, kind of. Yeah, actually, you know, a, in a, a lot of ways. Bit. Yeah, so he's this like synthetic human. Uh, that was uh, shown, I believe, in the post-credits or mid-credits scene of Guardians 2, if I'm not mistaken. They, um, we, we got a hint that the Adam Warlock stuff was coming. And um, I, I actually really like what they do with this character with the film. Again, I mean, it, it, oh, with the overall plot, it's funny because it doesn't feel like he absolutely had to be there. And yet you're glad he is because he's just so good. And also, it's cool to get that character on screen, you know? Yeah, and also the arc that he goes through throughout the movie is not half bad. Honestly. No, it's, it's written well, it you is. know? Yeah. And, and, and um, like yeah, he, he, I enjoy yeah, he, every minute of uh, him on screen. He does. He, he goes through a real arc through this movie. You know, it, it, which, I mean, lesser MCU movies would totally just drop the ball on that, but, yeah. you know. And, and, he's, and then the other new character, the big one, of course, the High Evolutionary, uh, played by uh, Chukwudi Niwuji, or Iwuji. Um, I... 
may not be pronouncing that right. I'm doing my best. Uh, he was in Peacemaker. I loved his performance in that, I will say. Um, another, um, you know, so and I love how James Gunn seems like, likes to, you know, use a lot of the same actors. But going back to, you know, like the, the stuff that's going on with, with Rocket in these flashbacks, I like how we really kind of get a distaste for this villain and we get this, this hatred for this villain early on in the movie without even having, you know, re really getting a lot of time with the current version of him and during these events, but just building up the detest because of what's happening at under his, you know, what he's making happen even, to Rocket and these other characters. Even Nebula straight up said, like, of what uh, he did to Rocket, like, this is worse than what Thanos did to me. This is worse than what Thanos did. It's like, yeah, holy crap. Yeah, he is just absolutely detestable. You hate this guy. And um, and, and I think this is actually another fucking great villain uh, from, uh, uh, you know, recent Marvel movies. I mean, put him up there with, uh, you know, gore. Yeah. And, um, and for what it's worth, Kang. <laughs> it does, it does kind of feel like he's just chewing up scenery left and right, you know? Yeah. We were gone for quite a while. But no matter what happens next, the galaxy still needs its guardians. Hello, we come in peace. Come on, Drax. Seriously, dude? No, dude, no, no! Ow! <laughs> Done running. Stupid guy who no one loves. Now you're just making it sad. And, and what's great is that this is a, this is somebody who is regarded as a god by some civilizations. He created the um, the, the the sovereign race, you know, who were a major antagonistic force in the last movie. So it's great. He created this entire civilization, and you know, if like and he even says, you know, at one point, you know, like. I will end your entire civilization as is my right to do as your maker. And it's like, holy shit, like this guy isn't fucking around. Like he is basically a god to them. And, and he can raise entire planets at a whim if he so wants to. And he's creating life forms. And 
I think what's actually really interesting is his fascination with Rocket because Rocket's the only thing that he's ever created that actually knew something he didn't. Yeah, and, right? exactly. No, and that drove him mad. Yeah. Drove him mad. And, and again, we don't want to yeah. go too too far into spoilers, but I mean, that's kind of his 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 character motivation, you know, here is that he's trying to create the perfect society. It's kind of like another Thanos in some ways, except he just, you know, he wants to, he wants to, uh, he hates the state of things and, and wants to, you know, create this other thing that he deems as perfection. And it's just, ah, oh, this guy, but, uh, is so bad, but the, the actor is so good. It really is. Yeah. And uh, let, let's talk about some of the cameos here. We have, of course, Sylvester Stallone as uh, he's like a lead ravager. Yeah, reprising his role yeah. from Guardians 2. Yeah. Um, Stallone, of course, he's not as prominent in this one, but he's there. And it's great to have him every time you're like, hey, it's Stallone. Hey, Stallone, the Italian stallion, bro. Nathan Fillion finally comes in for a cameo. Yeah, well, he does. More than a cameo. It's kind of a supporting role. Yeah, more or less for, for a good uh, maybe 10 or 15 minutes of the movie, maybe. Yeah. Or less, maybe. Yeah, he, his his role is interesting, and somewhere in there, I I don't know if we really saw Pete Davidson and Lloyd Kaufman himself apparently. is is apparently somewhere in this movie, but I don't know where though. I haven't really seen. Oh, I don't know. Maybe that's him right there. Maybe he's one of the uh, scientists. I maybe, but I might be wrong. Uh. I think they are creations of the high evolution. Oh, they're creations. Okay, so they might be in makeup, I would imagine. They're probably in heavy makeup. Yeah. Uh, D. Bradley Baker does a voice role in this movie. <laughs> really? Uh, what? Uh, yeah, which is interesting. Um, uh, Daniela Melchor from uh, The Suicide Squad. Um, let's see. Uh, Tara Strong uh, replaces Miley Cyrus, actually. Okay. Um, okay, was wrong. The the voice cast of you know the uh, uh, Rockets friends, of course. You know, Asim Chaudhry as Teefs and Michaela Hoover as Floor. Nice. Uh, of course, Lila. Um, Lin was Linda Cardellini. Linda Cardellini. Oh, that's awesome, man. Lila is a is a fantastic character in her own right. She's. Which is funny because a lot of these actors I named have actually played roles in other Marvel movies, including Linda Cardellini or um, or even James Gunn's Marvel films. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's uh, nice to see a director like James Gunn, you know, kind of, you know, getting much like Kevin Smith and Quentin Tarantino before him or even uh, Waters or uh, or Lynch, you know, just get their own nice their own little troop of actors that uh, they can kind of bring in and, you know, put in their movies and you know that they're going to be good in them, you know, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. So, you know, as in multiple different roles, that's what's great. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And then, yeah, to kind of see actors from other James Gunn films um, kind of come in. And I, I like that he relies on that cast. And from what I've heard, he's taking that uh, into his uh, further DC work. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, he did so well. He did really, really, really well with uh, the Suicide Squad. And Peacemaker. And Peacemaker. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to what he's going to do in the future. It's going to be really... He's doing a Superman movie, for fuck's sake. Yeah, he's doing the Superman movie. Yeah. Um, he's going to actually be heading, you know, the, the DC cinematic. Yeah. That, um, that, that's right. Take that, Zack Snyder. <laughs> Take that, Snyderverse. Yeah, so, and I, I honestly, I trust James Gunn because look at what a good job he's done with Marvel and what he's done with DC. And 
Um, sad to see him leave Marvel, but I mean, he's taking on a, a, a bigger role somewhere else where I think he's needed. And, yeah, um, yeah. I'm actually really excited. So, and I, I don't think he, I don't think he's he's counted out for doing other Marvel movies. I think he said like he wouldn't do another Guardians movie, but like if someone approached him for something else, he would be willing to do it. But give he's him, gonna be very busy, I'm sure. Give him an Avengers movie for fuck's sake. Seriously, give him an Avengers movie. That's what I want to see. I want to see James Gunn's Avengers. Interestingly enough, I think he recently came out and said that, like, he basically, he wouldn't have written uh, Star-Lord the way that the character was written in Infinity War. Yeah. Which a lot of people took issue with, which Mm. is funny because, like, I can actually see the character going the direction he did, but James Gunn came out and said, like, he wouldn't have necessarily wrote him that way. Um, And so I I think that um, it just goes to show the connection that he has with these characters, you know, even some of the more recent ones like uh, Karen Gillan's Nebula or uh, uh, Palm Clemens Heath's Mantis. Yeah, both of whom are fantastic characters in this movie. Like, I mean, Nebula is actually like she she's a good straight man for all the, uh, you know, all the hilarity that's going on around around her, you know, and, and someone else who's gone through an immense character arc um, again. Something yeah, absolutely. That feels very planned from the start. I mean, she started off as someone who also was very aloof and uh, hostile, uh, you know, out- outright uh, to someone who is very much a part of this family. And, and not, not to mention uh, her own family with, uh, with Gamora, you know? Right. So, so there's that, there's that other issue. Right. And see, and then, and then like, this is a point in the characters lives where, um, at least on Gamora's side, like they weren't reconciled. So, you know, that kind of comes to a head in this movie. And uh, it's really interesting to kind of see this version of Gamora forced into this group of characters and to see the way that, you know, Nebula uh, works that. And then, you know, of course, you have Mantis, who was revealed in the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Fantastic uh, special. You should go check it out, actually, yeah. if you haven't. Yeah. Um, where it was revealed that she's a half sister of Peter, and then that's that that's a, an important plot point of this movie or subplot point. It, 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 it's it's important context, um, and it makes sense, right? I mean, ego is uh, it would make sense that ego was her dad too. I mean, why wouldn't why wouldn't he be like why would she be there like serving him if he wasn't one of her? She wasn't one of his kids, so um, it's kind of cool to kind of see you know the. Uh, uh, the, the way that her character is written into this plot and, and the relationship she has with Peter and the other members of the Guardians and um, her own personal journey, right? Absolutely. Which is something that I think that, you know, kind of comes to a head at the film. And so all of these characters are, are going through um, their own stories at this point. And it's just kind of like, this is what happens, you know? Like, the first Guardians movie was the formation of a family. The second film dealt with the, the struggles of a family, you know, and then this is just kind of like, at what point does the, you know, family bond conflict with your own personal journey? And, you know, exactly. And, and also the real, the realization that sometimes no matter how close you are to said family, like sometimes you got to kind of leave them for a little bit, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you just have to. So, yeah. And, you know, and, and, and again, extremely bittersweet, but, I will say that this is, uh, in my opinion, the best MCU film we've had since No Way Home. It's it's really, really good. I actually really, really liked it. Um, and 
I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of struggling just to if I like this more than Guardians 1 or not. Because it's really, really good. This feels like something that should definitely be up there on my list. Definitely. Only thing I'm going to say is that I kind of feel like the color grading maybe could have been a little better. It's not nearly as sharp as it was in the, the last two films. And honestly, it kind of feels like he was trying to go for the Suicide Squad look with that really uh, overwashed or overexposed look mm-hmm. and everything. But, I mean, I don't really feel like it worked that well here. And I heard some people saying that, you know, the, they had some issues with the script, and namely that the humor is feeling a little dated. You know, and I think that's valid, but it didn't really take away from any of my enjoyment of the movie. I mean, it's still it was still a, a great group dynamic and, a, and it was still a great uh, j- just a great uh, script overall. But, and it, it's you know. very much the same brand of humor as the first two Guardians films. So mileage may vary. It may feel dated to you personally. You know, I love these characters. I love their dynamic. I can't get enough of it. So for me. I, I, I'm loving all of it, but I can see where somebody might, you know, not, it doesn't really offer anything new per se. It's not going to be like, like if, if you weren't like absolutely blown away by James Gunn's uh, uh, first two <laughs> Guardians movies, you know, this one's not going to do something different for you, but it is an, an absolutely satisfying uh, conclusion to this trilogy of films. And, uh, you know, some of these characters can show up later, but they're not going to show up later together in this way again, you know? No. And not, not definitely no. not with all of them. So I, I think that that's what's important, and that's what makes this film just uh, a perfect send-off, I think, for um, these characters, and, and a good standalone film to, uh, to put on the, the Phase 5 list. Absolutely. I, I, I at least agree that, that much, you know? Hell yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll sort of, that's kind of our... It's kind of my final thoughts, I should say. What about you, Bo? Um, I think that it is a fine uh, ending to this uh, trilogy of movies. It's a fine ending to everybody's character arcs. I mean, yeah, maybe some of the issues with the script and the color grading, they could have been better. But, yeah, it was still a very entertaining movie. You know, what can I say? Yeah, this is fantastic. Um, So, and... Uh, if anything, I feel like this does sort of revitalize the MCU somewhat. And, it, you know, it's like there still are good stories. It's just like, I mean, I, again, I've liked all of it. But even if you haven't been a fan of the previous stuff, I feel like this is something that it, it, it is really going to speak to a lot of people. It has, from only, what I've heard. Only thing I'll say to that is we'll see. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, I think next we've got the Marvels coming up. So, and what's funny Interestingly enough, I think a lot of people who weren't fans of Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel are actually kind of uh, seem seem to have a little bit more interest in in this uh, upcoming project, which is which is nice. Um, I, I'm kind of ambivalent about it. I mean, I liked Captain Marvel. I thought Miss Marvel was 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 pretty good too. Um, I mean, I'm not like super excited about it, but obviously, I'm going to be there in the theaters to watch it, and it's going to be fun. I mean, I think at this phase, we're also getting a Blade movie. And that'll be interesting to see. If I'm not mistaken. Um, <laughs> let me see. I think that's the next thing that I'm actually like really excited about um, from uh, Marvel. Uh, besides, uh, on the, the film side of things anyway. Um, let's see. 
Yeah, so the Marvels, Captain America, New World Order, Thunderbolts, and then Blade. Um, Thunderbolts is, sounds interesting, actually. It's going to have... It, it does. A lot yeah. of, like, the anti-heroes. And, and, and honestly, some of the, the better characters from um, their respective franchises, like Florence Pugh and David Harbour. <laughs> yeah, Florence Pugh is great. Um, you know, uh, and uh, I mean, obviously, getting to see Sam Wilson in his own film, I mean, obviously, feels earned. Definitely. But, yeah, uh, this... this uh, this movie really, really worked for me. Like I said, uh, it, 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 I was teary-eyed throughout. Um, if you're an animal lover, you might have a hard time with this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know Bo can attest to that, but, I mean, Bo's a vegan, and, uh, I mean, you still, uh, you know, it, I, don't, I don't think it, it, it drove you past. <laughs> no, it, 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 I, I got the message, and uh, it, it's, it's a solid message to put in a mainstream movie like this. Yeah. So, hell yeah, man. Um so stick around for uh, the rest of, uh, uh, well, I guess this is just the season finale. Yeah, season finale. We've Sorry for the delay on that, everybody. There's just been a lot of shit going on, you know. But I, not to mention that it took a while to actually record it, but it'll be out very soon. We'll have that out very soon. Um, so we're, yeah, we're going to get our season finale out on Corvette Summer. Uh, and then just kind of get into some of the interseason stuff before we, we start up uh, season seven in October. Yeah, so definitely look for a lot more uh, director's cut content. Uh, look for, uh, we're going to try to start uh, pumping out uh, Patreon commentaries a, a little more often. So join us on our Patreon at $1 and $5 tiers. And we have a merch store open. Uh, the design on the shirts may be kind of a little janky, but... We just said, fuck it. Let's go ahead and open it up. We can uh, get some new designs on there very soon. And yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, have a, we'll go ahead and put a link in the uh, show notes for you. So yeah, maybe uh, pick up a mug or a uh, tote or a uh, shirt or something like that. And uh, also uh, find us on Good Pods where uh, you can uh, rank us. Uh, you, you, you can uh, give us a, a five-star rating and that will... Uh, let us climb the ranks there, which is always a good thing. It's always good to chart on good pods. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, also, yeah, look for our, look for our Patreon, like I said. So. Yeah, we should be doing a Morbius commentary very soon. Very soon, yes. Um, on the collateral gaming side of things, we are also doing our season finale on The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, that was actually supposed to be out this week. Um, but, you know, we're just kind of trying to schedule that and get everybody together for the episode. We'll still, still have it out very, very soon. Uh, the game just came out a week ago, and it is it is consuming my life. It is so <laughs> fucking good. So that's why the season finale isn't done. Yeah, I've, I've just damn been playing it. Zelda, man. God damn it, Ash. Dude, I took off a whole four-day weekend just to play Zelda, so I did nothing else but play Zelda. Wow. Um, God damn it, Since man. then, we know, we've just had other stuff going on, so... Um, but yeah, that stick around for that. Part one will be out very, very soon. Um, that's going to be our spoiler free review. Uh, and then, uh, part two, where we get into like the meat of the game, that'll come out when it comes out. I mean, it might, it, I might even like kind of push that to June, depending on how long it takes everybody to do everything that we can in this game. But I, I want to, I want to get like the and I experience of, um, not even necessarily 100%ing it, but just c completing as, as much of it as I think is like, as much of it as I did Breath of the Wild, anyway. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I never actually got all the Korok seeds in Breath of the Wild. I, I see, like that's like the one thing that like I might I might not do, but I'll do like everything else. <laughs> Let's do plumber. Plumbers don't wear ties. Damn it. Yeah. Um. That's gonna happen at some point. Whether that's in uh, 
yeah. your season thing or whether and, that comes out next next season. And also look for some more live streams coming your way. Like also even for on my side, I just got my laptop set up and everything. So uh, I'm thinking of maybe doing a uh, playthrough of uh, the first Phoenix Wright game, probably. Yeah, yeah probably might even have Robert join me on that. So uh, yeah, look for that. And also we're going to do Apollo Justice pretty soon, right? Yeah, we're going to do a Let's Play on Apollo Justice. A le- we're going to do a Let's Play on that one. That's going to be interesting. So, so pa- pa- patron yeah. commentary. That'll be the next patron commentary for uh, Collateral Gaming. For Collateral Gaming? Okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, obviously now... I'm like, man, we're gonna have to, I'm gonna have to do uh, Tears of the Kingdom, but probably later. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I, that, that's uh, pretty much all uh, all of our socials, right? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. Check us out there. Uh huh. Yep, and uh, yeah, check out our Patreon, and uh, you can get access to exclusive full length movie commentaries. The last one we did was what Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Kumate. Kumate. Kumite. Kumite. Fuck yeah. But yeah, and also um we are going to definitely have some more at the movies episodes coming up. Um because there's definitely gonna be a lot of movies, at least at once a month that are gonna be something like, hey, yeah, we gotta do this. I know like we, we really had planned to do like Creed three and Scream Six because I mean we've been doing like the Scream and the Rocky franchises. Uh, we've explored both of those somewhat. So it's like, it made sense for us to do that. So I'd like to kind of, there's a, there's a lot of films that came out this year that I'd like to touch on in some way. Almost kind of want to consider doing like a, like something at either at the end of the season or at the end of the year where it's like just kind of a review of all the movies that the theaters get to. It would probably be best to do it at the end of the year. And then I still think we should do like a like a director's cut on like a Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, including Scream Six. De- definitely, yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. Then gave our Scream Six review. That, that that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, that being said, uh, I've been Ashley Chancellor, and I have been Bo Maddox. This has been Collateral Film. We are out. Raiders. Cinema is a collateral media podcast. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.